Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series has been moved up. They want it now as soon as much as we do. Ooh, all that plus your feedback right after this ad that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, give us that five-star review. That five-star review, sir, comes from Polite Rhythm. Ooh. Good, clean, fun, great in-depth commentary on one of my favorite universes. I can count on them to learn new things about my favorite heroes. P.S. Star Wars is better than Star Trek. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> All right, and the other piece, of, other piece of news that we have, or the other piece of, I guess, housekeeping we have is we have another winner of the five-star review uh, that we've been doing over on the Star Trek Universe podcast. Uh, we have a review from Shell Bob Five. Uh, he says these guys are good people, and also I want the Avengers game. Uh, fair. That, that is fair. That is fair. Fair. Uh, we're going to be doing more of these five-star review or like review and comment type contests over the next couple weeks. But if you are Shell Bob Five, write us in, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do more of these things because uh, uh, yeah, it's been really good for the Star Trek Universe podcast. We've 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 seen some growth with the release of Picard and with all the reviews. So thank you guys very much for that. Uh, How oh, is Picard, by the way? Oh man, it is so good. Is it everything you ever wanted it to be? Uh, it so far. I mean, there's only one episode. And it's only like 45 minutes, so you know, it's it's what it's what we've got so far. And and the, that <laughs> first episode is great. It's emotionally evocative, especially if you're a fan of the character. But even if you're not, I think you could just jump into that first episode and watch it. And it is really impressive from a cinematic standpoint. It's really really great from a. Uh, uh, storytelling standpoint and emotionally, like there's some moments that really get me. And and actually, I wrote a song uh, this week for 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 it because that's what I'm doing over on the Star Trek Universe podcast. Uh, I'm writing a song every week, and uh, I really really enjoyed writing that song. And I really really it really hit me in the heart. Uh, and and I'm super excited to do more of those over the next coming weeks. Mm. I haven't watched it yet, but um, you know, in preparation for our other podcast that we're starting, I um. I, you know, I want some more Patrick Stewart in my life. I want some more, I need some more Patrick Stewart stuff. Yes. Our, our, our rewatch of the X-Men films has officially begun. We're going to be releasing our first episodes of our new show in a couple of weeks and it'll be up and ready to go. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys abreast of that as it develops, but we started rewatching those and casting about them and man, it is, it is, it is fun. It is fun to see some Patrick Stewart action this week was my, my life was rife with patrick stewart <laughs> it's a good week then it was a good week uh well today we're mostly talking about this one piece of news uh winter soldier and falcon has been moved forward from fall to august right what show is that falcon and winter soldier that one that's that's a good show that is a good show i said it backwards <laughs> didn't i yeah sorry sorry okay. uh yeah I'm pumped, man. Yeah, when it was when it was originally announced, it was uh, it was said it was going to come out in fall of 2020. Uh, so that would have been you know October at the earliest. And now uh, now we've get it. We've got excuse me. And now we've gotten reports uh, according to Deadline, the show is going to be uh, premiering in August of 2020. So at least two months earlier than originally anticipated. And, you know, we already got WandaVision being moved up, and now we got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up. I mean, it seems like these guys are as excited to bring it to us as we are to see it. 
Yeah. I mean, I really, I hope they're not doing anything to rush these things, but I uh, am excited, man. And, and yeah, with, with all the more, the Morbius and Venom movies both coming out this year and, and, and Black Widow, of course, um, we're going to get a lot of things. Not to mention the Eternals is this year too. Yep. So the man, Eternals is in November. So two, two Marvel Studios movies, two Sony movies that are, seem to be connecting to the MCU and we're getting uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and, and tell me, remind me, WandaVision is this year or next year? This year. Wow. Okay. So we're going to have a lot of good stuff, uh, which excites me because we, we, we've been in a, we've been in a drought. We've talked about it a lot of weeks, but we have been in a bit of a oh. drought. Don't forget Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also coming back in summer. Oh yeah, for sure. I have, I have even not if forgotten. It's not, even if it's not MCU. Well, it, it, they're, they're, they're doing time travel stuff now. That's probably it'll probably stay out of the way of not being MCU. I, I'm guessing <laughs> since they have they have they have made pains to try to stay within the canon at least on that show. And I think their time travel uh, plans that they did this time was a way of getting out of the way of the snapping and like not even having to acknowledge that five of their five uh, half of their characters should have disappeared for five years. <laughs> yeah, you know. So anyway, I'm I'm pumped that, that we're, we're getting this sooner. What about you? Absolutely, man. I'm so stoked. Like the the two major characters of, you know, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes, like those those actors, they have done such a good job in their supporting roles. I think it's time for them to get their own big thing, you know. And especially with um with Emily Van Camp coming back as Agent 13, Daniel Brühl coming back as Zemo, like all of these characters have done such or all of these actors have done such a good job with their characters and all these characters were so well represented. Uh, in in previous work that like getting to put them into a multi-episode series and again getting it sooner is amazing news yeah I, I, do we know how many episodes that we're getting i, 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 I like it was like six or something like that at one point but i don't know uh, if that I, was rumor or truth i i'm not sure um i don't remember offhand how many episodes we were supposed to get but it is like it's not going to be one of those like 22 23 episode kind of things it would be oh yeah for sure it would be more in the range of like eight to 13. Mm, I bet it'll be under 10, 10 or under. I think 10 is maximum for these things. Um, like a lot of these prestige drama type shows are going to, are going with 10 these days. And especially if you've got big movie stars coming over and doing them, oh, I think, I think just, stick with 10. Yeah. Just looked it up. Six episodes. I right. thought so. I was right. I did it. I remember, <laughs> I remembered a thing. <laughs> Good job. Norm- Matt. That's, that's normally Jeff's department. Yep. <laughs> I forgot a thing. That's normally Matt's department. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's like dive into the feedback. I guess I, I, I'm, I'm excited. There's really nothing more to say except hey, it, it's great. It does. Does that move it? August still puts it after Black Widow, but before uh, Eternals. So it's not. It's not changing it. Its position Correct. any in in the story. It's not changing its position, but it is it is spacing it a little bit before WandaVision. That's true. WandaVision would have been encroaching on yeah. it if that were the and they case. Wanna, they probably want to keep those subscribers to Disney Plus coming, so they want to space them out <laughs> a little yeah. bit. I've uh, I've seen several memes that were like, you know, uh, an unsubscribe from Disney Plus, and it's like, hey, why are you unsubscribing? Let us know so we can do better. And it's like, well, the Mandalorian isn't on anymore. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. And I'm like, the world according to Jeff Goldblum is enough for the subscription by itself. I yeah, I haven't watched much on Disney Plus. I watched The Mandalorian, finally made it all the way through, and it just I, I just I have there's not much on there that interests me. Uh, I did start Newsies the other day, but uh, there's been a lot of a lot of Newsies <laughs> discussion going on in the MCU cast chat this week, uh, and I appreciate that. That made me that made my heart that made my heart proud because like 
I feel like Newsies was like the sort of uh, ugly stepsister of the Disney canon. Like I'd never, everybody always talks about all the Disney, Disney musicals we all grew up with, you know, Aladdin and uh, Lion oh, King. Yeah, the, and, especially the Disney animated yeah, stuff. Yeah, all of that. Everybody always talks about those and Newsies was always my jam. It's always my favorite. And I'd, half the people I talk to are like, what's Newsies? And so to hear that like so many of our listeners like newsies or like grew up on it and hardcore loved it i was like that makes my heart feel good because it feels like i don't know we're all the same kind of people or something like we're all a lot of people a lot of <laughs> and not not at all ever but some of the people it's kindred spirits yeah, it's, kind, it's a kindred spirits thing it's it's like a lot of the people that like this show are the kind of people who would have also liked newsies growing up you know <laughs> it's just kind of a weird it's kind of a weird <laughs> thing I, i've been writing this this music for star trek and i've been getting some actual reaction from it in a way that I have not gotten from a lot of my other music that I've put out in the past. And I think it's just because I'm being more me. I'm being more like very much me. This music I'm writing is like, it's full of like my amateur philosophizing based on super nerdy shit. Like it's exactly what I do on this podcast. Uh, You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, being more myself is attracting people who are also listening to it and going, oh yeah, I totally connect with this because I'm like this, you know? And that's been really cool. I can't wait. I, I wrote my first Black Widow song last night. Teaser. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. That's just a little teaser. There's, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> Thank of, you for that. I'm thinking about a possible Black Widow album after I get done with these Star Trek albums. And last night I wrote one and I'm excited about it. Okay, okay. So, Is it, um, does it give you that like creepy suspenseful, uh, eerie feeling not this one not this one but I'm, I'm trying to write a whole album so we'll see there'll be some there'll be some things i think okay this one we, i need i need my heart to be racing while listening to it uh there'll probably be some that'll be, probably be some of that i'll probably be some of that this one's a little more uh she's the cat in the canary seat you know anyway I let's gotcha. uh, let's let's move on to uh let's move on to this uh, our feedback for the day all right <laughs> uh <clears throat> so let's see uh peter martin that peter Martins, Martens, uh, said to us, as you guys may or may not know, the directors of Bad Boys for Life are Belgian, like me. They let slip this week in an interview for a national radio station that they're meeting with Marvel next week to talk about directing a movie or TV series. I haven't seen it being reported anywhere else, so Podcast Scoop? Love it. Yeah, Podcast Scoop. Uh, the directors of Bad Boys for Life are being considered for... Uh, Something for Marvel. We don't know what. But uh, he also goes on to say, uh, by the way, they're both Arabic and Muslim. Uh, They are both of Arabic and Muslim backgrounds. So maybe Mrs. Marvel or Ms. Marvel, sorry. Maybe Ms. Ms. Marvel Marvel. uh, could also be big action movie style project too, of course. Uh, Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're, they're they're directing movies, so it's very likely they'll want to stick with movies. But who knows? These days, man, all this prestige stuff and Ms. Marvel uh, could be is going to be a big deal for the um, Arabic and Muslim communities. That's real cool. Yeah, Miss Marvel is coming to Disney Plus, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it is. She's getting her own Disney Plus show. So I think, I don't know, they might they might already have everybody for that, but... Um, I haven't heard yeah, many announcements that, for that yet. Yeah, other than, hey, we, you know, we want to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know that, that movie directors would be going for that, but, um, you know, plans change, you know, yeah, schedule shift. So you also wouldn't often think that you know these movie stars would be met going for these shows, but they are. Yeah, you know, but they are. Well, that's you know, it's a, it's that so Disney, cool. it's that Disney thing. The Disney, it's either the Disney money or it's that they're contracted to do that. 
<laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, if you want to be in this big movie, you got to be also do this one. Yep. You got to do yep. this thing. And I, think I that's also part need of you to do an eight episode miniseries about Hawkeye. <laughs> and Jeremy Renner's like, all right. <laughs> Such a weird thing. Um, I love it. Okay. <laughs> all righty. Let's, uh, th- th- thank you very much for that. So that's a, that's a scoop from yeah, over you, in you heard it Belgium. here. Or he's Belgian at least. Our Belgian man in the field. Yeah. Love it. We got people in the field all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're developing a web. Uh, let's see. Bridge Wiggins said to us on Twitter, Adam, you cast late to the game, but scary Marvel moment was when Pepper woke up to an Iron Man suit leaning over the bed. 100% yes. This is a horrifying moment in the life yeah. of the MCU. <laughs> Good yeah. call, well, it wasn't, Bridget. It wasn't just that it was, it was leaning over her. Like, it grabbed her and, and pulled her arm away. Like, yeah. That was, that was some, like, real horror movie type stuff. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the scary thing about, about these heroes is, like, what if they go bad? You know, what if they, what if they do something and then all of their hard work goes, you know, being, is, is put to, to use in a bad way. But what if it's them doing the bad thing accidentally? Yeah. And that was almost that moment. Well, that's Tony in a lot of ways, you know, that's, that's Sokovia, you know, that's Ultron. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I mean, my heart's racing just from thinking about that scene Yeah, it's intense. where he has to like, he has to jump up and do the, the, swooshing you know sword symbol or whatever that he does to get it to yeah to get to fall to, apart to fall apart in the in the bedroom oh god goodness gracious okay i'm okay <sighs> that's a, that's such a moment it's such a good moment in that movie because it's not only um you know a scary moment and fun but it also like you i feel like anyone in a relationship gets that moment where like like it, when something has happened that you didn't mean to happen and you really, you just really fucked up. <laughs> like you either like, uh, broke your loved one's favorite China dish or something, you know, cause you were making nachos on it and it wasn't microwave safe or something, you know, and you're like, Oh, I, uh, no. It's just like <laughs> the judgmental nature of pepper, like, and, and not, and not in a bad way. Like she just like, she was literally, her life was just threatened, you know? And it's yep. like, you you did a bad thing, Tony, and Tony's reaction to it—it's uh, just really well done. It's really—it's a really human moment. I really love that moment. Yep, 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 yep. It's one of the—it's uh, one of the few moments I can really appreciate from that movie. I like it all. I like it all. Iron Man Three is great. So freaking good. So freaking good. Uh, Kyle Ray said, "Just I don't like the bandwagon. I'd rather postulate my own ideas about these MCU stories and goings on." However. I am subscribing to this notion that the Red Files are a corrupt version of the Super Soldier Serum. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross is one of the forerunners hunting Natasha. Ultimately, the Widow film leads to the origin of Red Hulk as a result of Ross being exposed to the corrupt serum. Later, he will be the character to spark the formation of the Thunderbolts. Uh, The team will build throughout the phases and finally result in a team-up film. I like this theory a lot. I like that too. Especially with it being formed by him, his nickname is Thunderbolt Ross. So oh, yeah. it would be so easy for them to be like, oh yeah, they're the Thunderbolts. It's Thunderbolts team. Yeah. I, is that, I always thought that was part of the story in the comics, or is it not? Is that just like a, that's not a coincidence because he's in the Thunderbolts, right? I don't believe so. Look. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I just totally made that up. Uh, I always thought that was a connection from the comics, but I maybe just totally. No, yeah, it was, uh, it was first, um, 
performed by Zemo trying to be a um, a team that was like, hey, look, we're we're reformed criminals, but they're actually just criminals. And then they, um, you know, they get uh, uncovered as being actually, you know, just wanting to do bad. Uh, but then it starts being a um, kind of an actually reformed supervillains type of team. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, we got a lot of people actually, eventually lead them. Yeah. 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 See, oh. so, so I always thought that I knew that he was, a. I, th- I thought that he was a leader in that. And so I always thought that, uh, that was all part of e- either he got his name from the group or the group got the name, its name from him. I wasn't sure, but yeah. Hmm. I don't know. We've actually got a few people writing in about the Thunderbolts possibilities. So we can just go ahead and cover more of those. Oh, oh man, I like I had forgotten. Okay, so Red Hulk's Thunderbolts were part of the Marvel Now relaunch. It was a recent thing, like within the past few years. Um, that team was Red Hulk, Deadpool, Elektra, Agent Venom, and Punisher. Oh man, oh man, all that the, sounds great. All the pieces are there for that. Yeah, they are. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds really <laughs> great. I would love to see a. Like the, the, to me, this whole thing seems like you know it could be Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad, but they actually have the characters that are built into the universe, you know. Yep. And you've got Thunderbolt Ross, who like while he's been an antagonist in many scenarios, he's also uh, not just an antagonist, you know. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. He's just an antagonist for our heroes. Yeah. He wants to do right by the world or, well, right by the American people or something like that. Yeah. And you can see him having like a heart or at least like having, being a good villain, the best kind of villain, the villain that like is trying to do a thing that you can kind of understand. Yeah. Even, even in his first appearance looking for Hulk, you can kind of understand why he would want to stop Hulk, you know? Yeah. Um, Like this, this loose cannon that is literally driven by rage and can destroy anything. Like we need to take him in. Yeah, we need to kind of keep him away from people. That absolutely makes sense. His motivations have really made sense all along, even though he's almost always been an antagonist to our heroes. And that's again the power of the Marvel Universe. That's why it's so good. I love yep. it. Yep. Yep. So that team, like the pieces, are already there in the MCU. Uh, you know, if we're con- if we're considering the Netflix verse, and also Deadpool can just jump wherever he feels like. Um, yeah. You know, all of that's there. So that would be. An incredible thing. Yeah, we, and, we be, yeah. Uh, by the way, we also had Fantasy Mashup wrote us in and basically asked us to just talk about our version of the Thunderbolts and what we think it would be. And I think this is exactly what we're doing now. And I love, <laughs> I love this. I love this. And um, Nathaniel Muzzy also wrote in and asked, but he says, uh, so with U.S. agent being seen in Falcon Winter Soldier photos, I think that we might be getting Thunderbolts series slash movie uh, that could end with a team being warped into the Dark Avengers. I wonder if Tim Roth would come back as Abomination. And so that team you just mentioned, all those sound great. But man, oh man, I would love to see Abomination back as Tim Roth. Um, In the comics, does Abomination transform back and forth or no? Uh, Not that I've seen. Um, I'm not a huge Hulk comics fan. But um, every time I've seen him, he's always just been in that form. I thought that was the case. uh, But I think we've discussed this before. But man, if they bring him back, they need to make him transform. Uh, yeah, Tim absolutely. Roth playing playing off of uh, Mark Ruffalo would be amazing. I would love that movie, um, or or a Thunderbolts version where he leaves behind the Hulk altogether as an enemy, and it's just the Abomination. That's sometimes Tim Roth. Tim Roth just sitting in the corner of a room, uh, like 
picking at the other villains sounds amazing. Oh, yep. I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> Especially the the malice that he does it with, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He's one of, he, he's one of my favorite actors of all time and I I've never seen a thing I didn't like with him. So, I want I want more Tim Roth and I want more uh of him as Abomination. Would be great. Get him back in this universe. Yep. Be awesome. Yep. Bring him back. Bring him back. And how cool would it be if, like, we have this Thunderbolts movie where we have the original actors from the uh, Hulk movie? Is Incredible Hulk? Is that right? Am, am I, is that what that movie was called? Uh, yeah, it was the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. How cool would it be if we had a Thunderbolts movie that was amazing? Uh, that especially if it included Deadpool and Punisher. I mean, come on. Uh, especially if it included the Deadpool and Punisher that we already know. But on top of that, like, two of the main characters are from what is widely considered one of the worst of the MCU movies. <laughs> and then they, and then suddenly they're able to like fix those characters in a way that we love them. You know? Yeah. They turn it around. What is something, uh, the show Buffy had multiple characters that like didn't really work. Like, or they weren't likable. They weren't likable in the show. They worked, they functioned the way they needed to function, but they weren't likable. And then they made yeah. angel and they took three or four of those characters over from Buffy to angel and made them like fan favorites. And it was always really impressive to me. Um, and this kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take the, uh, the redheaded stepchildren of the MCU. We'll put them into this other thing and force you to like them. Well, they already did that with the comics. They took all the like lower level comics that no one really liked or cared too much about at that point yeah. in the history and made them the biggest stars ever. So if anyone yeah, can true. do it, Marvel can do it. I, I believe in you, Feige. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I've said it before, and I feel like it needs to be said again. The Incredible Hulk, it's not that it was, it's not that it was like tonally wrong, tonally bad for the MCU. I liked it, and the the thing with it is that it came out the exact same year, like a month and a half after Iron Man did, and they were like, it, it was those two movies to start with, and they were so just like diametrically opposed as far as tone and, and as far as, um, uh, protagonist, yeah. you know, just in general. And I really feel like that those two movies were put in, like they were put out there to test the waters and see what people liked as far as Marvel tone. And when Iron Man did so much better than the incredible Hulk, they were like, okay, that's the tone we're going with. And that set it for the rest of the MCU. It's always been kind of quippy, you know, some heartfelt stuff, but mostly quippy, fun characters to watch. I mean, yeah, the the universal thing keeps the the rights from or keeps Marvel from, you know, putting out the you know, an Incredible Hulk film, you know, Incredible Hulk two or whatever, you know, World War Hulk, um, you know, a solo movie, but still the characters the characters work. I mean, we've seen General Ross in other instances and he he played exactly the same character and was still great. Yeah. I agree. There's some good things about Incredible Hulk. And and that's a really interesting theory that they were uh, putting out different tones to see what worked. And it's kind of against my vision of what Feige was doing, which I think um, I, I feel like he had a strong vision for what these movies should be. I mean, obviously him and Favreau in the beginning. Um, I, yep. I've heard tales and this, this is, this may all be apocryphal. I really don't know. Uh, I've, I've heard tales that, um, part of the reason that incredible Hulk movie got kind of weird and got, I got sort of away from them was Edward Norton. Cause they weren't big enough at the time to get a big star like Edward Norton, who was much bigger than the Marvel name at that point. Um, they weren't, uh, 
they weren't, they didn't have the clout yet to get people like that without giving them a lot of creative control. Yep. And so uh, I've heard that a lot of tales of Edward Norton was really uh, like he had to have script, uh, whatever, like approval and all this stuff that like kind of hurt the film because he like pushed for things in directions that he, you know, I understandably him being the actor that he is, he wanted a more serious movie. Um, but uh, again, these are tales I've heard. I don't know how true or whatever they are. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure there's, I'm sure there's actual, uh, you know, information about that out there somewhere <laughs> or at least interviews. It could also be a difference in, you know, screenwriter and director, you know, John Favreau has been uh, a bit of a, a visionary, so to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, the screenwriter, I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, the screenwriter for the incredible Hulk is Zach Penn, who, uh, wrote and directed and co-wrote, um, X2, X-Men, the last stand, um, some story for the Avengers. Like he's done a lot of the, the, the kind of older stuff and less on the, um, the newer, uh, Marvel films. And, you know, it's like, a, it's a different direction that they've taken it over previous superhero films. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe they were being held back by people who were thinking in the past and like, this is how superhero films should have been before. But, you know, honestly, if they, if they had already established their thought of tone and how everything was supposed to be, um, I think that they would have put out Iron Man 2 sooner. Because Iron Man mm. and The Incredible Hulk were both in 2008. Iron Man 2 didn't come out until 2010, two years mm. later. I, that's just normal, though. They still have never repeated um, a, a movie of the same franchise that close together. Like, two, yeah. two years is just normal. Two years is how long it For takes. the franchise, yeah. yes. But other films, though. Thor didn't come out until a year after Iron Man 2. Then Captain yeah, America: First Avenger came out later that year. I think that's pretty. That that's a really fast pace. Like we we think now this whole four movies a year thing seems normal to us, but that is crazy compared to two thousand eight logic. Two thousand eight logic was you you put out a movie, then t- two years later you put out another one, two to three <laughs> years later you put out another one, and they 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 had two movies out. Like by the time Iron Man came out, they were already heavy into production of Cap and Thor. If it came out one year later, right? it didn't. Oh, you mean no, it came no. out in two thousand eleven? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's a fair point. Then I was thinking it was. I thought you spent a year from Iron Man one, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I, I just think it was regular. They were thinking about a, re- and this is part of the strength of the Marvel universe. When they started it, they weren't thinking about making a huge universe. Clearly, they had hopes of a huge universe with the crossover with the Hulk, but they made yeah. an Iron Man movie that was good. And then they made another Iron Man movie that was good. And then they made these other movies kind of surrounding that one. Uh, and then of course the Avengers. Um, yeah. But, but I, but yeah, I, I'm kind of talking in circles because yes, I do think that Feige had an idea of what the kind of tone he wanted. Um, but I mean, this is the guy who was working on the X-Men movies way back when, you know, and if you really pay attention, those early X-Men movies had not too distant a tone from what we get now. They're they're very different in structure, but they're still like quippy and fun while still trying to achieve like some sort of heartfelt moments. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I could I could see that. Uh you know, having rewatched it recently, I I can see that. Yeah, I don't think I don't I think, think there's so much of it. There's definitely a difference. There's definitely a difference in quality. Uh, but you know what? You guys can hear all about that on our new episode of Binge This coming out in just a couple weeks. Woo! Yeah. Actually, I think that's the first okay. time I've ever said the name of the show on the podcast. Actually, I'm going to cut that out. The, the reason I have never said the name of the show is because I didn't want someone else to squat on our name. 
Um, that's fair. Yeah, it's actually, uh, you guys can hear us talk all about it, our new show that we'll be releasing in a couple weeks. Woo! Very excited. Yeah. Look for that. All right. Uh, let's see. We got we to gotta move on. Yep. Yeah, we got to move topics. Let's go. Reco Jet said, Black Widow related feedback question. I've read a lot over the last few weeks about a pretty substantial amount of people who don't believe Black Widow will, quote unquote, stay dead for very long. But I personally don't see how that would work, especially with such a high-profile actress like ScarJo. It seems she really may be done, but I'm intrigued by what my two favorite MCU opinionists have to say on the topic. Uh, do you all want to see her come back, or are you happier with her sacrifice? I personally don't think she's coming back. I, I, I think a lot of people are speculating that because it's weird that they're making a solo movie after the fact. Uh, but yeah. I think I think she's done. Yeah, I think that she's done and that they're making the solo movie after the fact just to bring in some of those characters. I think that some of those characters and maybe the uh, the, the MacGuffin that she's got is right. uh, is going to be a big deal in the upcoming phase. Well, and it um, also gives resolution to a character that we loved for a long time, but we never got her full story. And so yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it. I think that... You know, we've said we wanted a Black Widow movie for years, and and people kept talking about why they weren't doing a female movie, and no one it still doesn't make sense that it didn't if you do a female movie sooner, especially when you have Black Widow right there, who's a character that everyone loves. Yep. Um, and yep. hopefully, I think they're trying to sort of rectify that uh, sort of lapse in judgment, honestly, uh, by by making a film that really explores her character. But yes, in in Marvel fashion, they're going to set up the next thing. Yeah. I mean, this is really just the uh, the origin story of David Harbour's character. <laughs> I sure hope so. And and Rachel Weiss's <laughs> character. Please keep yep. her around. She's my favorite. Yep. I have a little bit of a crush. <laughs> a little bit? A little bit. Just I, a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. She's very amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, on a scale of one to awesome, she's pretty awesome. Indeed. Rekajet also said, random MCU question, with Asgardians living on Earth now, it raises a question I have about both them and the people of Wakanda. Are they superhuman? Are all Asgardians godlike? And was Okoye's comment about being in the Olympics in Infinity War an insinuation that Wakanda would dominate? Just a question I'm curious, or just a question I'm curious and interested in your thoughts. Love the pod, and as always, best wishes. Hmm. I, I think that they are all superhuman, right? Am I wrong on that? I think that standard Asgardians are supposed to be, you know, more like they're, they're tougher. They're stronger. They live longer lives. They live longer lives than the average human. Just kind of, you know, as a general rule. Yeah. Well, we did, we have met one other Asgardian on agents of shield who was not, you know, part of the like sort of royalty class. And he also was superhuman. Correct. Oh yeah. 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 The guy in the well. Yeah, exactly. That episode, episode eight. Wow. Episode eight. Yeah. It's like somewhere in those early episodes of Age Shield. Yeah. So that's, that is evidence that they are at least somehow superhuman, I believe. Yep. And as far as the, uh, the Wakandans, no, they are human. Um, it's just Black Panther that has uh, taken the, the heart shaped herb and, and gone through that process to become Black Panther. Yeah, and Okoye uh, is just a badass. So, yeah, she, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt if she's been in the Olympics because she's a badass. Oh, no, what what I took that scene to mean uh, when she was saying, like, you know, I, when we open ourselves up to the rest of the world, this is not what I had in mind. Um, oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about hosting the Olympics. Yes, exactly. That's, I thought that she meant, like, let's host the Olympics. You know, we'll bring in a Starbucks. 
You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I took that. I'd forgotten which line she, he was talking about. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I she, think that's what that line meant. Not that they would necessarily dominate. Or I mean, you, maybe, they, maybe they've never been in the Olympics because previously they were considered a very small country that maybe didn't have the money or resources to go to the Olympics. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe she would want to be in the Olympics or take part in the Olympics and if they haven't in the past, but I don't, but I think a lot of smaller countries do participate in the Olympics. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of contenders. I think that she would have been above it, you know, like I'm too, I have too much going on to, to spend time on the Olympics and, and being in that in any way. Yeah. Plus, you know, spear fighting is not really one of the Olympic games. <laughs> Though she would dominate that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last thing that Rick Jet says: casting call Ben McKenzie for Wolverine. Hashtag call Feige. I think this isn't a bad call. Uh, if you don't know, Ben McKenzie is the guy who played Jim Gordon on Gotham. I think he definitely has the um, uh, demeanor for it. I just don't know if he is what they're looking for right now. I think he, he's been on the scene for a long time. I think they might be going younger. Maybe, maybe not. Um, also, mm. I, don't know that he, I don't know that he has the gravitas to carry Wolverine. I, I think he has the disposition. I don't know if he has the gravitas. <laughs> he's pissed off enough, but we really need somebody who's got some, some presence. Yeah, and I like him a lot. Uh, he's really good on Gotham. Yeah, he's all right. I, I'm just not a fan of Gotham, the show. Right. Just because it's, it's, you know, it's that Arrowverse thing that I, I'm not a fan of. I don't think they have the same problem as Arrowverse. Um, okay. They, they, are, they, are, they have problems, but I don't think it's that. <laughs> I could get okay. into it, but I won't. Cause it's, That's a it's different a discussion for a different discussion podcast. for a different day. Uh, but I, I think that they have some really great moments on Gotham, but there are some really stinkers, too. Um, and the tone is strange, but yeah, I, I, I think, uh, <laughs> Ben McKenzie, Ben McKenzie is, is great on that. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he could do Wolverine. I just don't know. Mm. We need somebody with a lot of charisma to pull off Wolverine. And, and I think McKenzie actually, he's very charismatic when he's happy. Uh, but when he's grumpy, I don't think he's that charismatic. And I think you got to kind of find that weird balance where a guy can be just like, Absolutely gruff and mean to everyone, but you still know he has a heart of gold. Yeah, and that's a hard kind of thing the to way that uh, uh, there's another actor that I I think could pull that off. Uh, Hugh Jackman could probably pull that off. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Maybe we should talk about that in a couple days on a different podcast. Okay. <laughs> God, we're hinting at this so hard. People are going to be yeah. tired of it. Other podcast coming soon. I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, going to be going to be good. Okay, next piece of feedback. Patrick Quackabush said, hey guys, long-time listener, and I really enjoy the pod. First time writing in, ironically enough, because it's not really about anything of substance, but listening to the Black Widow trailer 2 episode, I couldn't help but laugh every time you guys talk about Florence Pugh's character, because you just refer to her as Sister Widow, and I just picture a nun fighting Black Widow. <laughs> Anyways, keep up the good work. <laughs> I, I like that, Sister Widow. Uh, also, uh, if you have not been following Watchmen, which what are you doing with your life if you haven't been following Watchmen? It was the best show I've ever seen. Uh, it, the, the main character is Sister Knight, and she is a nun. Oh. who is who, it, That's the skin of her superhero alter ego. Is that It's a, like a nun like wearing a habit and wearing like rosary beads and going around beating up bad guys. Does she also have armor? Because Sister Knight with a K would be awesome. Ooh, that would be good. 
Actually, I, I think it's I think it's night. I think it's just Sister Night, like as in the the night like, in with an N. Time of day. Yeah. I mean, night with a K also has an N. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to confuse you. I am so confused. <laughs> All right, and our last piece of feedback, Dylan Diggs said. So I've been watching Star Trek's Picard. Good. And an <laughs> and an MCU-inspired thought came to mind that I hope Marvel teases out. Currently in the MCU, there is a ton of potential, quote-unquote, otherism. That is to say, there are a lot of new peoples on Earth who could be seen or painted as an other. Uh, they have metahumans, new Asgard, potentially a bunch of Skrulls, just endorsed 10 years of alien invasions and the social and governance disruption that came from the snaps. This could be a breeding ground for some resentment and alienation as a result. Throw in potential mutants, and it only gets more complicated. There's also an opportunity for folks like Doom, Norman Osborn, the Mandarin, maybe Namor to exploit. I think this holds a lot of interesting potential for storytelling and some important analogies to modern global dynamics. Dark Avengers, House of M, Secret Invasion, and Siege all have a ton of potential in this sandbox. Super curious on anybody's thoughts and speculation on this. Mm. I, I just I think Dylan has laid out a great case for the future of the MCU. You know? Yeah, I mean, this is what I've been saying is coming this whole time, and... Rather, no, this is what I have been saying I would like to see coming. Like, oh, they could do this and it would be awesome. But now it looks like it's actually happening, Matt. Absolutely. And, and he, he brings up Picard. And I think the reason he does that is because Star Trek has never shied away from really trying to... The, the entire point of that show, even from the 60s version, is to look at uh, our world and our problems uh, of, of otherism and racism and whatever, uh, whatever our problems may be. Um, and try to look at them through the, through this filter of these fantasy and sci-fi elements. And I, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but for the most part, as much as I love the MCU because it tackles personal questions in a really cool way, it has not done a strong job of exploring social ills. Um, with the exception of a few notable ones, like I think Black Panther, um, what's a, what's another good social, really really social. I, th I think probably uh, Winter uh, Winter Soldier uh, is another. Um, but for the most part, it's been superhero superheroing, and most of the sort of like direct um, analogs to our society are not that direct. I guess I, I guess that's I just made an oxymoron, but you see what I'm saying? Do you agree? Am I, am I crazy? Am I just not thinking of a bunch of them? I mean, the, the ones that we've seen so far are more subtle. You know, there was, uh, there was the nineties sexism in Captain Marvel. Um, sure. You know, there's been, there's been alienation. Uh, well, really, honestly, there's in Thor, there was, there was racism. Like you can't kill an entire race. You know, just because they are different from you or, you know, they're the boogeyman, so to speak. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's it's always been very fantastical. And, you know, it's been less about things on our world, people from our world dealing with it, right. dealing with things on our world. Which I don't even right? mind. I don't even mind if it's on other worlds. Like I said, Star Trek. Like, they do yeah. crazy stuff. Like, there's all these... Well, Star Trek is still humans, though. Well, but not always though. I mean, like uh, one, one of the episodes I'm first off oh, yeah, thinking, thinking about is is there's a planet where all the half the people have their faces white on one side and black on like white on the right and black on the left, and the other half have 
black on the swapped. right and white on the left. It's just their faces are swapped and they hate each other because of it. And it's <laughs> it's it's showing the uh, futility of racism because we look at those people and we like that is so silly. And then we realize, oh, if I have racism in my heart, I'm being just as silly because of the color of your skin doesn't matter. Like it's really bald face. That's a really blatant example. That's super on the nose. Yeah. But it but it's but it's directly attacking. That's the thing. It's directly attacking a social ill in racism, whereas I feel like most of the time Marvel stuff up till now has uh, tackled personal issues. You know, it's like Tony Stark is dealing with... Alcoholism. Like, well, yes, alcoholism. <laughs> He's dealing with the, the um, like, living in his father's shadow... He's, he's, he's dealing with a lot of those sorts of issues of uh, trying to learn to care about others above himself and not be so narcissistic. Like these are, these are the kinds of issues that he deals with. They're not dealing with larger social issues. And I think part of that is a little bit of um, them being safe politically because, you know, uh, e even the ones we mentioned, Black Panther and Captain Marvel uh, got a lot of pushback. And some of that pushback, not all, but some of it came from people, uh, who didn't like that they tackled sexism and didn't like that they tackled, uh, you know, Afrofuturism and racism in Black Panther. Like, and, and, you know, uh, that's, that's, um, that's, in, that's, I think they, I think they are aware of that and they try to make good, they, I, th I think they make great movies. We're here, we're here because they make great movies, but I do think they avoid those social ills and social topics because they're political. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those social topics have a tendency to get very political, but also, you know, this is a, a an escapism kind of thing. You know, this people go to comic books and and these great grandiose fun out there movies because it doesn't remind them of the real world because the real world kind of sucks. Sometimes it can. It can. Um, well, any, anyway, we didn't really answer Dylan's question, uh, but yes, I, I basically just hope all of that Dylan laid out. Um, they really do tackle some of the issues. I, I feel like you can't tackle the mutants without um, tackling the other nature of the mutants. I mean, you have to. It's integral to the the mutants. You know, the X gene just in general. That whole story is about racism. It's it's so grounded in racism that like without that without that coming up, it's almost it's going to be a completely different set of characters. Like it's not even the same story, right? Well, I don't think it's just racism. They talk about in the '90s how it was. It also had a lot to do with um, homophobia and, and that yeah. and that that sort of thing. Uh, and then more '90s uh, era of comics. And so, yeah, I think that it's just a lot of these things represent the other. And I mean, I, I think Picard is attacking that directly. Picard, oh man, that first episode. I really am curious. If, if you guys are not Star Trek fans, I am super curious to see someone who doesn't know much Star Trek watch that first episode and like, and what they think of it. Go go get your free trial of CBS All Access and like try it out and let us know because I am really curious about like what a complete novice Star Trek person would think because I think it's, really great it's a slow burn to begin but it's just all character work and it's really really a good episode um but you know hopefully we'll get a lot more good episodes because there's nine more this season and i got a lot of songs <laughs> to write so they better be good <laughs> oh man you don't want to be inspired by a bad thing to write a good song do you i mean i'm happy to be inspired by anything to write a good song but That's my fair. fear is one of the powerful things about this whole songwriting method that I'm using right now, where I'm writing about things that I'm basically stacking my art on someone else's art. 
So it's like, yep. there's, there's, there's two really powerful things about that. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking what resonates within me about that thing and writing a song that represents what, what already two people are vibing on. So there's already this sort of like, uh, I don't know, feedback loop happening between me and the original creator of their art that these, these are the common elements. And so hopefully it's common to more than just the two of us. You know what I mean? I, I'm really enjoying this process and I'm finding people writing me saying how important these songs have been to them. And it's weird. It's crazy. Um, cause I've done a lot of music over the years and I haven't really gotten this sort of reaction before. And so it's really been a cool thing. Um, I'm, I'm pumped and, and I'm going to do some Marvel ones after I finish this 20 songs of Star Trek. <laughs> that's kind of like your life isn't it like you get started with star trek and then move on to marvel that that is that is that was my that was my path um that was my geek (laughs) path all right guys well i think that's about all we got today uh you got anything else you want to say there jeff nah man i I think we've uh, beat it to death i like it i like it well let's uh let's not do that anymore we're gonna be back next week with more marvel cinematic universe podcast hit us up at mcucast.com at mcucast on twitter facebook.com slash mcucast mcucast all the places 573 cast mcu if you want to call us and uh if you want to support the podcast again it's really helpful to us uh patreon.com slash mcucast uh keeps this show going and now we're trying to expand and do more things and uh, it really keeps us grounded and keeps us doing the show that is our first podcast love we love you guys and we'll be back real soon peace Until next time, true believers.